Today's SpursCast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash almighty. That's audibletrial.com slash A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. Access them right on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey, what's up? Um, it's your girl P Money, Santiva, that's right. Um, so you know, I'm already doing the most this. I came across this beat on YouTube because I'm chilling, you know, bored. And um, it's a two chains type beat. It's called Silent Hill by um Good Beats. Um, but uh, I dropped a little hook to represent San Antonio and to do a little shout out, uh, little promoters, rappers, and whatnot, and um, choppers at. Uh, so check it out. Let me know what you think. Share it, like it. Um, uh, let me know what you think. Oh, I'm okay. And inbox me if you like it. So I'm gonna do shout outs. Okay, uh, representing San Antonio. You already know. Do the most of this. Try, baby. Slutty swing like E N T P money. Okay. <clears throat> Don't produce and you ain't had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? Welcome to the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 428 of the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast, brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I'm your host, Ryan McCallum, casting the pods with me tonight, fresh off of a, a busy day at the gym, I'm sure, and, and I know he's going to tell us all about it. It's Mr. Jose Grijalva. Jose, thank you for leading us into the evening here on the Spurs cast. Bro, uh, it was chest day, leg day, shoulder day, and back day, and I have a miserable cold. That's so a big day. I was fighting the elements, you know, if that makes sense. That's a really big day. That's a big one. Uh, and, and a guy that we have from uh, all the way from ProjectSpurs.com, which is not too far away on the interwebs, is uh, Mr. Paul Garcia. Paul, thank you for joining the show. Thanks, man. Uh, just like Jose, I, didn't, I don't lift weights, but I just got done playing some ball, so my legs are a little tired as well. Not, not the cold part. Got out of that a few weeks ago. Well, what did you do, Ryan? We want to know what you did. I was about to I was about to jump right into it. So you guys were at the gym, you were playing basketball. I pulled into it was maybe like a four foot wide, nice leatherette booth inside of my neighborhood chilies. I had a molten lava cake. I had some skillet queso. Uh, I did the double stack burger, some french fries. I watched my kid eat a corn dog. It was a pretty amazing night. Pretty epic, pretty epic here. But you see, I'm naturally lean. I don't. I don't need to go work out. And I play basketball on Saturdays. You're skinny. With a donut. That, that, that's what you're saying, right? Well, I can't. I, I can't lose any weight. I'm still at 220, and then you're just showing off that you can eat queso and all this stuff and not gain a pound. Well, you know what's strange too is because I'm. I, I'm not saying I'm an old guy, but I'm. You know, in my mid 30s, and uh, you know, I'm almost six three, but I weigh 185. So I guess I'm kind of skinny. I can't escape 185, no matter what I do. I can balloon up to like 190, 192 or something, but then the next week I'll be right back. 
And we were just bagging on other podcasts for being nervous talking. What's the deal? I think it's adding. I think it's adding <laughs> Paul. We're like nervous because he's a legit journalist, and and we're a couple of bums. Uh, we got to yeah. turn. We got to turn this thing around. And I've got just the story to do it, Jose. I know that you're big into weird stories, and I know you're even bigger into SpongeBob. And even bigger than that, you're into Florida. All things Florida. Well, in St. Petersburg today, uh, there's a there's a news story out, and it's on the AustinAmericanStatesman.com. It says he does not live in a pineapple. Nor does he live under the sea, but a Florida man wearing a SpongeBob SquarePants outfit is accused of breaking into a house and standing over a sleeping woman on Monday. Sound familiar? This guy, uh, Charles Kirkland, 32, got arrested and charged with burglary, loitering, prowling, and trespassing, according to St. Petersburg Police. The victim, who was sleeping on a couch in her home, she called police after she woke up to find Kirkland standing over her dressed in a SpongeBob outfit. But before police could arrive, Kirkland ran off, and about a half an hour later, he was spotted standing outside of another home looking through a, w- a window at a woman getting dressed, uh, or so police said. So, have you ever been accused, Jose, and I know you have, of prowling? Uh, just waiting for the uh, squat rack. You know, I showed uh, I just there, uh, peeked through the corner, because nowadays they just use it for curling and all that, so that, that's not what it, was, what it was meant for, obviously. I just don't get... I mean, how hard is it for somebody to to be seen in a Sponge, SpongeBob outfit? Uh, you know, to, for thirty minutes to you know just <clears throat> excuse me, I have a horrible cold. For somebody to you know just be roaming out there, you know, in the SpongeBob outfit, running from police. How does somebody not stop you know th- this guy, especially at night? I mean, the first thing I would do if I would see a SpongeBob person running around, tackle him, and then just call the cops just to make sure if. Uh, you know, uh, they're looking for him, and if they're not, then you run away because apparently they're going to call the cops on you for assault. So yeah, for I, I just uh, – it, it's Texas, right? So, I mean, SpongeBob. No, it's Florida. It's Florida. Florida's oh, Florida. Yeah. Oh, I apologize to Texas. Uh, yeah, everything crazy that can happen in America always happens in, in Florida. Uh, in, in fact, there's a great Twitter follower or follow – uh, Florida man, and, and that's where I get all of my good stories from. Go to follow Florida man on Twitter, uh, and you can pick up little gems like this. Except, don't click on the link there because it, it just about crashed my whole computer trying to start up this podcast. Right, the pre-show here took like twenty minutes with me clicking around trying to get uh, get whatever virus uh, and, and all these downloads. I got Booking dot com downloaded now on on uh, my Mac somehow. Strange things. I, th- I think there now there's somebody watching my my every keystroke. So this will be a, a very uh, uh, a very quick Spurs cast, so I can get off of this and clean this thing off. But but uh, guys, we're we're talking about a pretty tough January so far, um, and it's we're right here at the end for the Spurs. They've they've lost four games. They should have you know killed the other team in. They're just coming off two back to back losses, one to New Orleans, uh, which is just dreadful, and then somehow the Mavs beat them. Somehow the Mavs beat them. And, you know they were without Powell. There, there's no Jonathan Simmons, there's no DeJounte Murray, there's no Forbes, there's no Joel Anthony. Kyle Anderson played, but you know he's back to his, his old ways of, of basically not showing. Uh, Dallas won 105-101. to 101. Uh, This was last, was the last night, wasn't it? Yeah, last night. Uh, Dirk goes for 15-10, and 10, so kind of classic Dirk. But, but Paul, what did you see from that game uh, against Dallas in the, in the previous game against New Orleans? That, that makes you a little bit nervous about this Spurs team, especially heading into the rodeo road trip. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's kind of, you don't want to make excuses for them, but it's really just lack of communication, um, very, very simple mental errors on defense. Uh, you know, defense has been their calling card all year, especially in the third quarters. I wrote, I wrote a piece on Project Spurs how, you know, they have one of the best defenses in the league in the third quarter. I'm holding teams to 98.0. Um, points per 100 possessions however uh since you know in the last six games since Powell's been out they've been getting torched on defense 111 um points per possession they're giving up which is kind of what the Warriors score on an average night uh and you kind of see that I mean it's just like whether let's say let's say that the the uh the offense throws the ball into the into the post to, to us to a guy like maybe Harrison Barnes last night for example well the Spurs you know they start double teaming easily quickly but then they're not they're not quick enough to get back in the rotations uh and so either somebody's going to the to the the paint for a layup or an open three, uh, and it's just constantly. I mean, they're giving away simple layups that you know back in the past Pop would you know t- under Tim Duncan's defense uh, with Pop. These are the kind of stuff where Pop would immediately call a timeout. But now Pop can't even do that because this this team is giving up like you know obviously like four or five of those simple baskets a night. Uh, and you know and, and whether it's um 
you know, whether it's lack of motivation because, you know, they are playing below 500 teams. Uh, mm-hmm. They've beaten Cleveland. They've beaten Golden State. You know, they've beaten Houston. Uh, maybe this is part of it, just the mental lapses. Maybe, you know, maybe that's where Tim was, where you do miss, you, you, they do miss his presence, where he was that guy who kind of kept them, you know, um, energized and never letting up, where you kind of see it with this team, where they, they do let go of those leads. Uh, last night was the first night where they gave away a 50-point lead of all leads. And, you know, this already the season, they've given away five 10-point uh, leads. So uh, it's kind of something, a theme that's been going on lately. You know, you really don't, they were a 13-point favorite, and you don't know if they're going to come out with a win. And uh, one other thing I noted in the Project Spurs piece um, up online is that in each one of their January losses, the opponents are having some some guys go for career-high or even season-high scoring nights. You know, Seth Curry last night put a career-high 24 points and 10 rebounds on the board. Uh, back back uh, when they lost to Atlanta, Paul Millsap had a career uh, season-high um, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. had a season high. Michael Beasley went crazy when he played the Spurs, and, and they won. Devin Booker. So it's it's a, it's a weird combination, you know. Uh, it, and I really do think that missing all those bodies, you know, Powell's defense. You had Dejounte Murray starting against Cleveland. Now he's not playing. It's just all that all those things do tie together um, and, and lead to you know can can be a, a reason for this. Yeah. Jose, do you think it's them? Just like Paul was saying, that uh, do you think it's the the Spurs playing down to their competition, or or just mental lapses, or are they just getting beat? I mean, this, this Seth Curry stuff is, is just weird. Of course not, because uh, it's not weird. I, I said that we should sign a I lobbied for the guy. Um, actually, we have a question on that that, that I want to plug into my answer. It's from Julio at underscore J-V-L-I-T-O-O. Uh, and he asked, what happened with Parker? And I think that's really um, – What a general you know, question. What happened with Parker? Well, you know what – he meant, you know, you know what he meant, and uh, I think that's really the. Uh, I don't want to say the problem, but really what they what they need to get used to again. The one thing I felt with Murray was they all sort of had his back when he was starting, sort of like you know, like he's a rookie. We have to help him out on defense. We have to help him out on offense. Don't put too much pressure on him, especially the position he's playing. With Parker, it seems like they're all sort of calm now. Like, okay, he, this guy knows what he wants to do. This guy knows how to play. He's a veteran. And they sort of they, – they don't have that intensity. I don't know if you all agree with me on that. that that's sort of like how I'm seeing it. But th- this is something that they can get used to. Uh, maybe make uh, switches in the rotation with uh, Simmons and um, Pau Gasol, you know, hurt. Uh, maybe Pop needs to look into maybe a different starting lineup. But uh, I, I don't know really too much of a problem with that i just think that when murray was in there they played a different style where uh, again he was he, he was explosive off the dribble he, he created his own shot uh, he looked for others you know he really played like tony parker used to play and now tony parker doesn't play like that uh when he got those open shots and the defense started you know collapsing on him leaving guys open uh, when uh, murray would drive so i just think it's more of a getting used to and maybe pop needs to sort of integrate murray more into the offense to bring that style again so, so- i would also Go ahead. Uh, I would also add that, you know, one thing I've noticed this season more more so now uh, lately is that Patty Mills has kind of become the closer. Pop usually brings Parker in to start the fourth quarter, seven, six-minute mark. It's Patty who's kind of closing the games out. And, you know, while that's, a, you know, kind of what you're seeing from Pop is that, one, I need a shooter out there with LaMarcus and Kawhi in crunch time, um, an extra shooter, and uh, also a better defender, which is what Patty would, what you would call Patty opposed to Parker. But, you know, Parker had 16 points in three quarters last night. He, he was just kind of picking on Dirk every single time and picking rolls. He'd pick on Bogut a few times. But then, you know, in the fourth quarter when they need to make that comeback, when, when they, you know, it gets close, you can see why Pop's kind of hesitant to put him back in because he's not an outside shooter. Um, you know, defense is going to stag off of him. On defense, he's going to, you know, he's more of a liability. So that is something to watch going forward. You know, why is Pop kind of tinkering with the minutes where he's making Patty the, the new closer uh, outside of Parker? You know, Paul, uh, they're losing these games that they should be winning, and, and they don't have it. it well, I, I would say that they don't have it any easier, just given their recent lack of success. Uh, but tomorrow night, on the 31st of, uh, of January, they're playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll get into that for, in, in just a second. But if you look at all of the main statistical categories, just clear across the league, points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, blocks, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you look at the, the Spurs and where they match up, you know, they don't have a, a top five player in any of these categories. If they had a top five player, is that where we start to see um, teams that do have that type of a player just will uh, will the rest of the team to win? So uh, by example, um, 
James Harden single-handedly won games for the Rockets. Russell Westbrook has single-handedly won games for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Why aren't we seeing a, a player like Kawhi Leonard take these games over that they should be winning and just go ahead and win them for the team? He's, he's had a few. I mean, he, I think I want to say he's 11th in scoring as of this morning, and, and a lot of that's because he doesn't get to play in many fourth quarters. Um, uh, and, you know, he's had a few moments, you know, against Cleveland. He had a big night against LeBron down there in the fourth quarter. But it's kind of like they're, they're, they're because there's like they're so ISO with LaMarcus and Kawhi as being their big two. They kind of don't, don't know who to go to for certain stretches. And, it, and it, you kind of see it on the court. Uh, you know, when Kawhi starts doing the more of the ISO thing, everybody stands around. Um, and he doesn't get, you know, he gets decent shots, but not, not great quality shots. Um, he doesn't incorporate a lot of people. And then LaMarcus, you know, his are the post-ups that are a very difficult shot as well. So that's something that they kind of have to, you know, work with uh, as, as going forward, especially, um, you know, losing Powell is a big part of that. Powell kind of spaced the floor for them. He kind of got people in their positions. Uh, and then, you know, having Parker out there as well um, would, would help um, having him out there consistently. He just came back from an injury as well. So I think that it's definitely Kawhi is that guy, but you, go, you, you definitely need to see it, by, especially by the time the playoffs come, you know, who is that alpha? Who is that guy that they can say, okay, give us, you know, six to eight points for, you know, the next two to three minutes. And it's got to be Kawhi Leonard. I mean, as, as good as LaMarcus Aldridge is, unless they're, dub, unless they're, if they're not double teaming Kawhi Leonard, he needs to be that guy. Oh, I was going to ask, do you think it has to do, there, there's uh it has to do with also the defense because he's their main stopper, and then they're asking him to be the main option on offense. You know, not, I don't even think LeBron's going through that this season. They put they put Shumpert and uh, J.R. Smith when he was you know healthy. They would put him them on some of the good players and then sort of help them out. But Kawhi's really you know what's that phrase Kawhi Island. You know he 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 can shut down you know certain good players, but at the same time they're asking him to be the number one option on offense. You saw that with the Cavs. You know, he was drained by the end of that game. Do you think that also has to do with uh, with him not being the guy or taking over games? Because uh, Ryan mentioned uh, uh, James Harden, but at the same time, James Harden isn't really trying that hard on defense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. That has to be a, a part of it. That, that's definitely tied in there is that he has guarded the best player. Um, I think one thing that you've definitely seen more so um, – in certain games, is is uh, uh, offenses on the opposite side will not target their, their best player. They'll kind of scheme around away from him just because just to get quiet. Perfect example. Of this was Milwaukee. Um, you know, a few two or three weeks ago, uh, Kawhi was guarding Jabari Parker since Giannis was out. So Jabari's considered like their best player on offense at that time, and so they were kind of purposely running stuff through Beasley. And then the minute that they put Kawhi on Beasley, they started targeting Jabari again. And so it's kind of something that you see. And then you know, against those elite players like James Harden, like like uh, LeBron James. Uh, Kevin Durant, you know, when, when they when they do play the Warriors, Kawhi's going to have to have that that um, that assignment, and and you know it it does wear on him. That's hard to do, and that's kind of why you want Lamarcus and Tony Parker and Powell to be those guys to kind of carry them a little bit from the first three quarters of the game. So the Spurs close out January tomorrow night, the thirty first, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is a team that is I don't know if they're playing below expectations, but they're not really that good. And Ennis Cantor's gone with a broken arm for punching a chair, uh, which I'm not sure why he punched it with his arm. Uh, but, you know, they, they just lost to Atlanta big, 142 to 139. Lots of points um, scored in that game. So I guess they didn't lose big, but lots of points scored. Uh, lots of energy expelled. Uh, 45 rebounds a game. I, I think that, you know, Cantor hurts that going in. Uh, but, of course, Russell Westbrook leads the NBA with 30.8 points per game is this another I'm not going to call it a trap game because they should get up for a game like this but the Spurs are better than Oklahoma City at least on paper are we a little bit nervous Jose about how they're going to close out January against a team like the Thunder who Russell Westbrook's putting that team on his back and and going for it the first thing I'd like to say is I would like to just say publicly that I'm disappointed in Cantor for doing that not because he broke his arm but apparently he had a fight with the chair and the chair won. But why didn't he do this? Why didn't he have this attitude when his boy got dropped by Zaza? At least, you know, at least th- throw an arm out there or something. He just looked at him like, you know, like, yeah, we're all cool here. You know, no. I mean, if you're going to take it out on the chair, you take it out on Zaza if he beats up your boy. That's the number one rule in basketball. Uh, okay, so what? Well, oh, I have a question. Oh, you know, <laughs> is it a trap game? Yes. Uh 
I, you know, it's going to be difficult. This is a game where I wish Pop would play DeJounte Murray more just to see how his length and his height would bother a guy like Westbrook, uh, bother a guy like Steph Curry when they play the Warriors again. Uh, I think this is really a good opportunity to get him out there and, and get some minutes. Uh, Parker's going to get torched, you know, especially when he starts to get uh, against uh, Westbrook or if they move him to another position, uh, you know, they have the height advantage over him. I think it might be. Uh, I think it's a toss up at this point with how bad they're playing, you know, especially after that Mavs game. If they lose this game, I think Pop's going to have to rethink uh, life without Gasol for the time being and sort of change the lineups, uh, change the minutes. And, you know, I've had people tell me, you know, well, this is sort of the Antonio Daniels situation. You remember Antonio Parker was backing him up and then Parker took his starting spot. It's not that easy, though, because it's it, this. You're talking about the third string point guard now. You know, if you start the third string point guard, where is that going to leave the fir- the starter and uh, the second the second string in Patty Mills? You can't really bump Parker down, then you're going to move Patty to the third string. You know, that kind of doesn't work. You can't put Parker realistically uh, out of respect, I guess you could say, to the third string. So, uh, you know, it's going to make Pop think about things really, really hard if they lose this game. So I'm saying 50-50. It could be a trap game. Uh, I think it's definitely a trap game. Um, You know, this is a game where, like you said, Cantor was giving them a big production uh, right after the All-Star break. I mean, not after the All-Star, after Christmas. uh, He was giving, giving them 17 points a game off the bench, uh, and now they've just lost that. So a lot of it's on Russ's shoulders, on Oladipo, on Steven Adams. Um, I think this is a game where, again, I think the Spurs do get that double-digit lead within, like, you know, second, third quarter area, but then I don't know if they can sustain it, if they're going to keep, whether it's the mental aspect, whether it's getting um, letting the other team back in the game because uh, of defensive lapses. I think that this is definitely a game where they really have to put put their, you know, put their fist on them, um, you know, just hit them hard and, you know, get that lead up to 20, 25 points as fast as they can. Uh, if that's a possibility. I think one thing you will see, though, um, in regards to Parker, is I think Danny Green might start on Westbrook just because uh, you saw that against Kyrie Irving the other night. Right from the get-go, Park, uh, Pop, Pop kind of played it almost like it was a playoff matchup where he made the adjustment quickly by putting Danny on, on Kyrie. So that uh, in any moment that Russ comes around a screen, you want to be able to either go, go under and have Danny or Kawhi ready to go um, on that switch um, against Russ tomorrow night. You know, following the Oklahoma City game, they have two more games on their four-game homestand before they hit the, the rodeo road trip. And, and the other two games are really interesting, too. Uh, up-and-comers, the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, Joel Embiid, that whole crew um, come, comes to town. They're playing on the second. The 76ers are a team that are competing, at least they say they're competing, for, the, for that eighth seed or, or you know, they're thinking playoffs in, in the East. That's a game, again, where the Spurs should destroy him, and I think that they will. Does anybody think that Philadelphia has a chance here in San Antonio? Absolutely, bro. Have you seen how they've been playing? No, I know they've been playing great, but if you have any faith in San Antonio, because, again, they're they're in a a race for the top. They they need to get that number one or number two. Number two is looking very likely uh, in, in the West. They don't want to go on the road in a first-round playoffs, they've got to win these games. Because we know in the West, remember, like, not last year, but the year before, it was like one game, and they – one game to the Rockets or something. Whatever, it was the last game of the year, right, and they lost to New Orleans, and it, it dropped them down to the fifth seed. Am I making this up? Fifth seed or sixth seed two years ago? Yeah, uh, seventh seed, actually. To yeah, the seventh seed. Everything. Yeah, dropped them all, yeah. The way to, all the way to the bottom and, and really impacted their uh, – um, impacted their season, right? So, um, what we what we want to see is them take these teams out that w- win the games that you should win, and Philadelphia is a game that they should win. Yeah, they'll definitely be favored. Um, Philly's actually playing some really good basketball. Eleven and seven since Christmas. Uh, they're like the seventh best defense. Uh, I'm really eager to see how Dwayne Dedman and um, you know David Lee, um, Aldridge Hando, Hando and Bead. But the Spurs do, you know, talent wise, even with the Gasol injury and the Simmons injury, the Spurs still have that overwhelming edge. They should be, you know, eight to, to ten point favorites somewhere around there. Uh, and they should carry it out, just like you said, Ryan. They, they can't be letting these teams get back. And as much as I want to say. They should. It's like, man, these last two losses kind of just—they can't have you scratching your head. Like, wow, I can't believe they gave away this 15-point lead to Dallas and then to New Orleans. So as much as these are on paper, these are automatic wins. Even Vegas thinks they're like 10 to 11-point wins. It's still something that San Antonio has to prove, especially how they're playing right now. You know what's the one thing that worries me, Embiid? Because you know, at least he doesn't have the Spurs don't have Gasol just to throw that body out on him, and then on the on the defensive end make him play defense against Gasol. If you start Deadman, he's just going to stay in the paint. He's not going to move around that much. 
if you start David Lee, David Lee can't really shoot that well. I don't think they'll put him on Aldridge. So again, I you know if he gets Aldridge into foul trouble, if it comes up to that situation, I don't have you know not that I don't have faith in the Spurs, but that's really a lopsided situation there because you can't put David Lee on him, you can't put Burton's on him, you can't put uh, uh, you know Deadman on him for for too long. I think Deadman he's gonna fall into the trap of trying to block too many shots and probably fall for pump fakes. And so so I, I I think this is the trap game. And and again this is this is where you're gonna miss Gasol. Uh, there's been fans who have been criticizing his defense. He's not a good defender. Now you're watching. You know, that defense that supposedly sucked, it's not there anymore, and they're suffering for it. It's sort of like that Cinderella song. Uh, if you, What is that, 80s? Uh, the, the, the hair bands? You don't know what you got till it's gone? You know, it's, it's kind of like that. I can always count on you for an for a 80s hair metal band reference. I'm a big poison mark. So if you ever want to talk poison. Are you really? Because, you know, Brett Michaels' band is amazing. Have you ever seen them by themselves? They no. do some. They do some poison. I, man, I've probably seen them five or six times. It's the best in Texas. Uh, Wait, now you're giving me reasons to go if it's in Texas. You know, just to hang Vegas, out. Once in Vegas. Once in Vegas. Once in Thackerville, Oklahoma. Uh, once in Dallas, and I think once in San Antonio. So maybe only four times. Maybe four or five times. Oh, but yeah, they're greatness, man. Check yeah, them we should out. take Paul too. Let, let's go. A little road trip together. Absolutely. Well, following the 76ers game. <laughs> Uh, they play the eighth seed Denver Nuggets, which is surprising that they're in the eighth spot. And this game has happened on February 4th. Uh, pretty surprising that the Denver's in the eighth spot. I don't really think about Denver much when I think about the Western Conference. Um, but they're but they're there. Uh, again, another game that San Antonio should kill. But it's got me a little bit nervous. Paul, tell me why we should not be nervous about the Denver Nuggets game. Uh, just that San Antonio's kind of, it, it, they're really bad defense. So that, that kind of plays in the Spurs' favor is that Denver is, is one of those teams where they're, they're, they're actually, um, they're scoring very well. They're, you know, since, since Christmas, they're like the third best offense in the league. Nikola Jocic is ridiculous. His passing and scoring ability. Uh, they're a running gun team, a lot of three point shooting, um, getting out on the break. But the problem is they don't, they, you know, on, on every night, you know, the Spurs are having this issue because Gasol's out where they're not, they're having these defensive lapses. Denver does this nightly. So in every game, you've kind of seen the Spurs build a huge double-digit lead and not lose that lead against Denver. Um, it's it's one of those teams where they're just they're, you know they're just so bad defensively that San Antonio's offense is going to get really good shots, uh, get that ball moving, get 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 really efficient looks, and then uh, defensively, you know, they'll get a little bit of a stranglehold on Denver, and uh, Denver go into those one of those little holes where they they stop scoring for a while. And then that's it. The Spurs really because Denver has no way of getting those stops, so the San Antonio kind of keep that lead up. So I don't think this is a trap game for San Antonio. This sh- this should be one that they should be okay winning. Just just box out. What? How is it pronounced? Jokic or Jokic? <laughs> Jokic, uh, silent yeah. J. So Nikola Jokic uh, and Yusuf Nurkic. The urches, yeah. Anyways, amazing. Uh, <laughs> just box them out. You know that that's the part that bothers me. That's how Jokic had all those crazy rebounds and putbacks and end ones. Just box the guy out and they'll be okay. Well, before we get to the rodeo road trip portion of the podcast, let's take a minute for our sponsor for you. The listeners of the Spurs cast, Audible, is offered a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service and what they're doing. Um, you guys know that Jose is, of course, downloading uh, all kinds of political, highly Republican uh, audiobooks, listens to them every day, listens to them in the squat rack. I, you know, I choose a little bit of, of a vampire fiction, uh, the Twilight series, currently into. Not really, um, but uh, but we want you to take advantage of their service. So download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash almighty. That's audibletrial.com slash A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y. Uh, and check them out, man. Do us a favor. And uh, Jose, anything else about audible.com? What, what are you currently into? I'm still in that Greg Gutfeld book uh, just because I'm always right. He's always right, you know. Try to win arguments with your friends. Download it. <laughs> okay. when, when are you going to put your book on there? I know. I need somebody to read it. I need. I need you to read it, it. Hopefully, when you're when you have a cold, just like today, this I, is perfect. I, I was going to ask you: Is it a coloring book that you can't put it on Audible.com? Come on, bro. <laughs> it's a pop-up book. On there one day. It's a pop-up book. Yes. Uh, maybe someday. Maybe when I hit it really big. All right. Well, let's click on over to the uh, the rodeo road trip. 
of course, we know Spurs do this every year. The San Antonio Rodeo is coming to the AT&T Center, so the Spurs are gone from February 6th all the way. I was surprised it was this long, and then looking back, it's, it's all, kind of always this long, but it surprises me the how the calendar just disappears. They're gone from February 6th through March 1st is how long the, the Rodeo Road Trip is this year. It's only eight games, though. Um, and sometimes they have nine uh, and, and such. They've never had a, a losing – well, they've only had a losing record one time, I should say that. 2015, they went four and five in the year. Um, it, this is always kind of a pivotal point in the season. I think it's even more pivotal now because they have so many new faces on the Spurs. This is when they, they really gel as a team uh, and they regroup and get moving uh, moving forward towards the end of the season, hopefully gain some momentum. But this is when they have to form those bonds. And so it's a, it's a critical time. It sucks that Gasol is going to be out during this time. Um, but, Paul, just big themes of the rodeo road trip. Um, you know, what do you think is important for the Spurs despite wins and losses? And we'll talk about each game. But uh, what's important for the Spurs to get out of the road trip this year? I think what's really important is Pop. Pop's going to kind of see – you're going to kind of see Pop really figure out who's going to be that backup to Kawhi Leonard. Is it going to be Simmons or Kyle Anderson? It, re- it really is Simmons already uh, just based on the data. You know, he's been hurt. But it's going to be good that they're finally, you know, outside of Gasol, they're going to be healthy going into that rodeo road trip, you know, barring any kind of injuries here at home in these last uh, three games before they take off. So, yeah, they're, they're going to get their, their, their rotations. You know, the starting unit's still going to kind of be tinkered with because you don't know whether he's going to put David Lee in there or Davis Bertans. Uh, and then, you know, you have Gasol coming back in um, early March, probably, most likely, um, whether it's March 3rd would be the six-week mark um, or March 17th would be the eight-week eight week mark um, for him. So as much as they're going to build some continuity in the rotations during these eight games, it's also going to be like a situation where Gasol, hey, you have to implement Gasol again. But I really think that their bench really needs to figure out, you know, I, I remember you guys in the last podcast read Colin's stat about the, the bench group. Uh, they, they've always done a great job this season. Um, and, and, you know, you guys explaining why it's because uh, they build a starting unit out. They've, been, they've had a lot of chemistry. Uh, they, they all play really well against uh, with each other. It's almost like a pickup, you know, like kind of what Jose said. Um but, you know, not having Gasol there, one of those guys needs to be plucked from the bench. And uh, I think also a guy like Davis Bertans, you know, is he going to be really be a part of this playoff rotation? Is Pop going to trust him? Well, this rodeo road trip really is going to show that. If he gets some good, you know, 14, 15-minute nights um, on, on average, then then that's going to show that Pop really has him in their long-term plans because this is kind of when he starts buckling down and getting some things uh, ready to go before they before they come back from All-Star break or after All-Star break. You know, uh, you know we have another question. This is from... At Dan underscore D U H D underscore Lion. That, that's a brilliant name, uh, Dan. And I want uh, since uh, pause the uh, the wizard here, the Spurs wizard. Um, he can get, he can answer this one. Here's a question for you guys. Other than Kawhi and Lamarcus, who do you <clears throat> man? Other than Kawhi and Lamarcus, who do you think will have the greatest impact on our potential success for the rodeo road trip? If you had to pick one guy, Paul, it's gonna have the, the most success for yeah. San Antonio. Who do you think it has to be the guy? The guy. Oh, I'm going to go with, I guess, Patty Mills. Kind of, He's that explosive guard. Kind of, You never know what you're going to get. You kind of know what you're going to get from him, but then you don't know. He's a guy who's capable. He's a guy where Pop's going to give him the, the steady minutes at the backup of one, and he can explode for 20, 22, 25 points, whether he gets hot. But then again, he's also, you know, if he doesn't have a great game, he's going to give you eight to ten points. Uh, as much as I want to say Bertans or somebody like Jonathan Simmons, those guys, Bertans, because of his role, he's, we don't know if he's going to get a consistent role. And Simmons still isn't a guy who's going to constantly, you know, keep the defense on edge. He, he has those sporadic games where he's really, really uh, going off. <clears throat> I'd really like to see Murray get some minutes, but you can't just put Parker on the bench and just say, hey, go sit down. You can't put um, Patty Mills on the bench. So as much as Murray has the most potential out of that group to really benefit, uh, I think it, I think it'll be somebody like Patty Mills. You know, I want to see some consistency out of the old guys. I want to see Mono Ginobili play well consistently, and I really want to see Tony Parker build up some momentum. And you know, I hate to say some confidence, but you know, there's there's always too much up and down with Tony Parker, and you need that stable force moving moving forward, just like they always do. And I, you've got to have faith that he'll tur- that you know, um, not that he'll turn it around, but that he'll really take advantage of this opportunity to solidify that point guard spot for the rest of the year um, from the, from the, the starting lineup perspective. I mean, Jose, do you think that Tony Parker has you know a big something to prove maybe during this road trip? I, I hate to say that. I mean, they're talking about finals MVP, Tony Parker, right? But I mean, does he got something to prove to his teammates? 
Uh, I think he's got to show that he still has it. You yeah. know, sort of that mentality. He showed it. He's had some flashes of it. You brought Manu up. You know, I'm going to defend my boy Manu because I don't know if Paul's seen this. The one thing I've seen him that he's not comfortable with is they're bringing him in motion in a catch and shoot situation. They're like with that uh, shot, the that um, game winner he tried to shoot. He hit the uh, the backboard, the side of the backboard when he was in motion. Uh, you know, he's aired balls like the, he's shot air balls uh, in that way. Uh, I just think uh, he needs to just get used to just spot-up shooting. I think that's what he's used to, maybe pop moves around somebody else. Can't really do that with Simmons or, you know, with Anderson or, you know, Mills is the only one, but at the same time he's being used, uh, breaking up his minutes to, you know, spot Parker in some situations. Uh, but I, I, I'm just sticking up for my boy Manu there. I forgot the question. <laughs> it, you know, oh, it, Parker. It doesn't even matter anymore. Does it, does it ever matter? It never matters, man. Well, let's, let's talk about, you know, who they're playing. You know, last year – they had a, I think they had a pretty tough tough show of it. I mean, they they had a heavy West uh, version of the rodeo road trip. They started out in Miami, then Orlando, um, but then they had to go Clippers, Lakers, Phoenix, Sacramento, Utah, and then Houston. Uh, as all over the places Houston was last year, that's still a, a still a, a tough team even last year. This year, they get a little bit of a better draw. They're going through the East. You know, Jose, what does it mean? that they're getting to play Eastern Conference teams versus the West during this road trip. Uh, if they're going to be in a, in a, you know, in, in a, I was going to say in a spunk, you know, and in a, uh, what's the word in a, in a funk, this is in a funk. There you go. I thought of Terry funk in my head, you know, Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm getting to be middle-aged and crazy also. Uh, you know, if they're going to be in a funk, this is the the schedule to, you know, to really get out of it. Uh, you know, they're going to play the Sixers, the Pistons, the Knicks, the Pacers, the Magic, who uh, apparently Sergi Baca is going to be on the trade block. Uh, I think this is the perfect schedule to really get your rotations in set uh, and get out of that funk. If they, you know, if they start struggling against this, these teams like the Knicks and so forth, then I would be worried. Uh, it's going to be trading season, so maybe happens but you know that this is the perfect time to really get into that groove you know paul there's um when i look through the the list of the teams that they're playing um and and i'll go through and ask you guys about you know wins and losses and that kind of stuff but what i like to see is a very even uh you know one day on one day off one day on and sort of a pattern develop and they've got that during this rodeo road trip except for one section where they have three games and four nights and do you think that that affects the Spurs more than, you know, another, another team. I mean, they've, they've switched from being an old team to, I'm not going to call them a, necessarily a super young team, but they've got some athletes over there, right? And they're being carried by uh, a couple of uh, young guys with Kawhi Leonard. And then I guess, a, you know, a, a little bit older guy in LaMarcus Aldridge, but, um, uh, you know, he's not Manu Ginobili old. Do you think that that kind of, that affects them more than, than say, I don't know, Houston or something like that? I think with them, they've actually been pretty good on the second night of back-to-backs this year. I think I want to say that they have a positive record of, uh, because even though Pop will rest, you know, the older guys, like some say like Manu or Parker or even Aldridge, uh, I think that that's when the, the depth, it really shows when, when Murray gets those big minutes, you know, 30 minutes a night, uh, Bertans, you know, some of these guys. So I think that this is this team, they, they actually do pretty well. Really. The young guys actually step up to the challenge when they get those starting minutes. Um and so I think that they'll be okay during that stretch. I, I do see Pop, you know, in that in that stretch during the road trip resting. Um, like I said, one of those three guys, Aldridge, Parker, or um, or Manu, or maybe even all three, uh, in a game or two. So so that's something to, to look at. But I think this this year's Spurs team is okay with that. Um, that the, the young guys, you know, their their depth really carries them forward during those situations. So when I look at this, uh, look at the the, the schedule. Uh, and, and how I want to do this is I want to go through and just sort of ask you guys for a rundown of, of uh, wins and losses through the schedule, and uh, and maybe maybe we'll just do them one at a time. But uh, we'll start with Paul. That, that first game against Memphis uh, could be a tough matchup. Um, you know they've got a, an all star there, and of course you know Mike Conley is uh, uh, you know more than just solid. But they, they start out the rodeo road trip against Memphis. I think it's a pretty tough game. I, I think if they're going to lose a game on this road trip, depending on if they've got momentum coming out of this homestand or not, I could see them losing that Memphis game. Uh, in fact, so I, I've marked that down as a loss uh, on the on the rodeo road trip. So starting off with a loss, do you see it the same way, or do you, do you think that they win that game? Uh, I have I have a win, but barely. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a loss, just because Memphis isn't playing well right now. 
Um, they're eight and nine since Christmas. And um, I know I keep saying since Christmas, but it's actually a baseline that I like to use because it's something that um, that Pop actually uses and the coaching staff. Uh, Brett Brown let that secret out in 2014 when he was coaching Philly. He came here and kind of said that the Spurs, they, they evaluate from start of the season to Christmas break, then Christmas break to all-star break. So that's why I keep saying that. I look at numbers that way uh, around this time of year. Um, so I think that Memphis is kind of struggling, but you know, they're a good defensive team. So that's what, that's why I, I always say that the Spurs this year, they really have trouble with some of these, some of these, uh, better defensive teams. Um, uh, so, so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, uh, if it's, if it is a loss, but I do have a win right now. Jose? Uh, inside information. That's why we have Paul on the show. We would have never known why he says, uh, before Christmas, I, I always thought it was something like. You know, Paul forgets that it's the new year, so um, that, that's good to know. You know, and I bet you now fans are going to be like, you know, I, I'm going to scout the Spurs from, you know, start of the season to Christmas and so forth. So I think it's a win. Is Zebo still coming off the bench? Yes, he should be. Uh, if you bring Bertans off the bench, I think that gives the Spurs a way too big of a lineup uh, that'll bother them. Uh, I think the bench will win it for San Antonio. I got that as an absolute yes. Uh, the next game is two days later on the 8th. They go uh, and play Philadelphia in Philadelphia. I've got this as as a win um, just for the reason that I, that I provided when Philly's here in, in San Antonio. This is a team that the Spurs should win if they're championship caliber, uh, a you know, championship caliber team this year. They should win all of these games. Uh, even if they rest guys, they still should win these games. Um, you know, Jose, what do you think for, for that game against Philly in Philly? Uh, I think they'll win this one too, uh, especially if they lose the 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 previous meeting on the uh, the second, the second, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got this as a win also. I think they'll adjust to whatever adjustment the Sixers make. Uh, win as well for me, uh, just for what Jose just said. The adjustments I think uh, from the prior game. How about the Detroit game coming up two days after that on the tenth? Uh, Paul, what do you think about Detroit? Uh, I have the Spurs with the win. You know, Detroit's not playing well as well. They're seven and eight since Christmas. Um, you know, they were one of those teams where they were having all their issues uh, just a few weeks ago. Where um, you know they were having team meetings, and then Stan Van Gundy was kind of calling out his players. Mm-hmm. They uh, <laughs> they kept they kept forcing Reggie Jackson, or he didn't want to shoot in a game. So th- that's actually a team where I could see them being a little bit active at the trade deadline here coming up in the last month. Uh, but I see the Spurs getting a win that night. Uh, and also Stan Van has been politically uh, ranting. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe he should concentrate on his team because it'll be a blowout for San Antonio. San Antonio will romp and stomp them. Boban, destroy the Boban <laughs> and the Baines. Well, two days after that, they go to New York and they play the Knicks. And, and by that time, it may be a different looking New York Knicks team um, with all of the, the drama and rumors about Carmelo. Now, chances are he doesn't, he doesn't move, but... You know, there is some rumor there. Uh, you know, with with the Spurs heading into New York, they should totally beat this team. Uh, I have it marked down as a win regardless. Uh, it would just be interesting from a storyline perspective to, you know, the, all the Carmelo drama and some Derrick Rose drama. And it would be really interesting for the Spurs to see um, Porzingis in action. Um, so, But I, I do have it marked as a win. Paul, do you, do you see it the same way Spurs win in New York? Yeah, I mean – I don't. Is Derek Rose going to show? I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> the Knicks are. You know, they're they're just raveling. They're five and fifteen since Christmas. They're you know they're one of the worst teams in the East right now. Um, like you said, Ryan, they're they're going to be active with Carmelo at the trade deadline. I think the Clippers are definitely a destination. Everybody should look look for. I think I could see Doc pull the trigger on that one uh, for Jamal Crawford and somebody like JJ Redick together. Not sending uh, his yeah, kid I, away. I thought he was sending Austin Rivers away. No, no, not Austin. Uh, I would say uh, I would say Crawford and Reddick would be the two guys that that make that we really got to look at um, if the Clippers do. I know I know they're not, they're not going to trade Paul um, Griffin or, or Jordan, but um, back to the Knicks. You know, I, I, I the last few years, especially since they've had Kawhi, honestly, the Spurs have played very well in New York. They've always they've always gotten these double digit leads in New York. I don't know if it's the, just played in the in the Garden or what it is, but they've always played very well against them. So I could see that that same theme repeating, especially with this Knicks team that's kind of just you know going down the wrong way. If they don't trade Mello, uh, I can see the Spurs winning. If they do trade Mello, I can see the Spurs losing just because it's going to be one of those teams where they're not going to be afraid. It's going to be a young team. They're not going to know they're bad, especially with the J.J. Redick and a Porzingis if they're going to be on the same team. Or uh, Jamal Crawford, you know, really a high-octane uh, offense that they that they would get. Or with really with anybody. It's usually those young teams that really bring out the uh, their best against the Spurs. So if Mello gets traded... 
Uh, it will be <clears throat> a loss if Melo does not get traded and he plays against uh, the Spurs. It'll be a win for San Antonio. You know, this is the, the game where they play the very next night. They have to travel to Indiana. I have this marked as my second loss for the Spurs on their rodeo road trip. Uh, one, because of the scheduling, and I do think that, that that matters for a team like San Antonio having to play back-to-back. Uh, and then also the fact that we just saw Paul George outduel the future MVP in, in, uh, of the league and James Harden uh, just recently and put up 33 points. I think he could do quite you know the same thing against San Antonio. I think that so that's a, a difficult matchup when Paul George is on fire. That given that they've been on the road now for you know about 10 days and then they're um, and then they're also in a back-to-back situation. So I actually have them losing to Indiana. Uh, on the 13th, right in time for Valentine's Day. Paul, do you, do you see that any other way? Yeah, I, I have a schedule loss as well. I think Pop rests, you know, it's a back, like you said, second out of back-to-back. They're going from New York to Indiana. I think Pop rests um, Parker, Manu, maybe even Aldridge. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know if it's Paul George who goes crazy on them. I think it's somebody. I think it's one of the other guys. I think it's like somebody like Miles Turner or Jeff T gets hot or CJ Miles. Just one of these guys. I think is going to have one of those season high career highlights that you've kind of seen with teams against the Spurs lately. Um, in their past few games. So I think that, yeah, that's a schedule loss for San Antonio. I'll take that as a win. And I think this is the, this is the game that's going to make pop really second guess that point guard rotation. He's going to start Murray. He's going to sort of, you know, be thinking, you know, does this kid, does this kid need playing time right now? I mean, it's easy to say he's going to be the point guard of the future, you know, especially if they let Patty go next season, but do they really have a next season to experiment with, especially with Manu, likely retiring after this season. You don't know where Parker's going to be physically uh, and skillfully next season. Uh, I think this is the game they win. Murray starts. It's really going to get Pop second-guessing or thinking about his rotations as far as the point guard goes. So then the Spurs get Valentine's off so they can take their little sweetheart to the movies, and then they're right back in action against Orlando. So going from Indiana down to Orlando to take the magic on, um, one of you guys, I think it was Paul, said that Serge Ibaka is uh, potentially on the trading block. They'll have about a, a week prior to that, so I think there's going to be a whole lot of action uh, in terms of trades right there during that week of, of Valentine's before the 23rd, uh, which is the deadline. They go to Orlando. They take on the Magic. I don't think that there's any way – there's no excuse for the Spurs to lose this game you know, with or without Ibaka. I've got this as a win for San Antonio in Orlando. You know, Paul, how do you see it? Uh, same thing, a win one because the Spurs, you know, did lose. So maybe they're thinking about that. Orlando beat them here early in, in November, and then also at that time in November, Orlando had the eighth best defense in the league. Now they're, you know, they're spiraling defensively. Um, like you said, Ryan, their makeup of their team might be different by that point. So I think that's definitely a win for San Antonio. I'll say it's a win too. They're uh, they have a boatload of big men. They can't play them all. Uh, Burton's is showing up. You know they're going to stretch the floor. David Lee's playing like he's in his prime. I think they're just going to uh, out hustle them. So I got that as a win. And then we go for the All Star break, um, and of course all all those festivities. So uh, we'll have a podcast about the All Star break, but that that'll happen. Trade deadline happens, uh, and then when they come back on the twenty fourth, they're out in L A for two games, playing the Clippers and then the Lakers. On the 24th, they play the LA Clippers. Again, that could be a much different-looking Clipper team uh, in which their their bench depth is just destroyed. Should they get Carmelo or should they be very active during the um, the trade deadline and keep their you know their core minus Redick? Uh, that being said, I still think that this is a game that San Antonio should get up for. I think it's going to be competitive, and I think San Antonio wins this game, uh, and I think it's pretty tight. Uh, but I think San Antonio takes it. Jose, what do you think about the L.A. Clippers? Uh, they, I think this is uh, – Gasol – no, Gasol's still going to be out, right? You said, Paul said you said March. I think they lose this one. Um, it's Unless they go small and they could guard Blake Griffin, uh, I don't think David Lee can do that. Maybe Bertens can do that because he plays to – you know, he plays tall and he plays long uh, where he can bother him. But – uh, I, I think this is where you're going to miss Gasol because at least DeAndre Jordan would be out. You know, they, they could put both bigs out at the three-point line or mid-range. That would make DeAndre Jordan come out and play defense, leave the paint open. You can't really do that with Deadman and David Lee. Uh, it's going to be hard for them to score. So I got this as a loss. It's probably going to be a blowout because of that. Gasol's severely going to be missed this game. 
Uh, I, I like Jose. I have a loss as well. Um, I think I want to say the last two or three seasons, the Spurs have actually come back from All Star break uh, in LA against the Clippers. Uh, la- you know, the, the 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 eight days off that they're going to have for All Star break, um, outside of Kawhi and, and uh, Simmons, uh, it's going to they really come back on the, that first game back, and they really come back in uh, you know very cold, you know, not not really in rhythm, and it takes them a while, like almost a game or two, just to get back into rhythm and a groove, and and the, the Clippers kind of exploit that, uh, especially last year they did that, and you know of. I, I did a piece recently on Project Spurs of the Spurs' losses this year, and really the one team that's been their kryptonite all year has been the Clippers. You know, they they beat them at full strength early in November, and then they uh, in San Antonio, and then they beat them in LA without Blake Griffin. Now this game they shouldn't have Chris Paul back yet, uh, and like you guys said, that the makeup of the team might be different if they make a trade, um, <coughs> Carmelo Anthony. But um, you know, there's th- this is the one team that just has has the Spurs' number as as of the last few years. Um, you know, dating back to that that, that epic finals, I mean, that epic of first round series in 2015. So I, I do think this, the Spurs do lose this game even without Chris Paul. And, you know, the Spurs still won't have Pau Gasol. So I think it's definitely a loss. Does anybody think that the L.A. Lakers two nights later pull it out and beat San Antonio? Paul? No, it's, Lakers, they're, they're trying to get a good uh, draft pick. So by that point, they'll be caving, trying to get the best lottery ball they can. Yeah, Jose? Oh, I agree. And, and, you know, they're going to regret signing um, Mozgov and Dang to those big contracts. Uh, it's long-term contracts, like Paul was saying. They're playing for a lottery pick. They could have had this all this free uh, uh, this free salary cap next season if these contracts were one year, yeah. uh, plus that lottery pick. I mean, they would have a really good team. I just think they're kicking themselves right now. So it's going to be a depressing loss for them. So we all decided that out of these eight games that the Spurs were going to go 6-2. and two. We had some differences in, in how they got there, but we all went six and two, uh, which, you know, would keep them right on pace with, uh, with the Warriors, keep them right on pace with Houston and probably keep them in that second spot. I don't think they gain any ground or, or really lose anything. Although, like we said, Houston just lost to Indiana, but the Spurs have been dropping these stupid games, uh, you know, sort of left and right here as of late. So we'll see a couple games left in their four game homestand. And then they hit the road for the rodeo road trip, eight games, basically all of February, on the road. Uh, Paul, thank you so much for being a part of the show again today. Uh, honored to have you here. You're the, you're the man that legitimizes this whole thing. So gracias. <laughs> Thanks guys for having me on. It was fun. Jose, any, anything else before we, we wrap it up? No, not really. I don't know. I'm going to eat some garlic. I'm going to blend some garlic and lemon, fresh garlic juice. I mean fresh garlic juice. Fresh uh, garlic cloves uh, cloves and lemon juice and NyQuil and get – just knock out. That sounds uh, disgusting. So enjoy all of that. Well, I'm single. I'm single. So it's not like somebody's (laughs) going to be complaining about it. All right. Well, congratulations, uh, everybody. You've made it through. We've made it through episode 428. Uh, of the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Spurs cast. Catch up with Jose at JRG1023. Uh, me, I'm RyanMC underscore PS. Paul, what, your, what is yours again? You just changed yours recently, right? Yeah, uh, Paul Garcia NBA. Um, so, yeah, Paul Garcia NBA. Awesome. Make sure to follow Paul. Follow all the Project Spurs folks at Project Spurs. Uh, go to ProjectSpurs.com. Jose, Paul, thank you so much to you listeners. You are welcome. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.